Welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Troy Provo Heron as he has returned to the grind uh, after an absence a week ago. Just the, the daily grind just took you into the afternoon, man. Yeah, you know what that's like. But I mean, it's sure just, enough. I was trying to get here and then all of a sudden I look at my phone I'm like, oh, goodness, it's 5.30. Well, it's and then I was trying to be here by 5.45 and the next thing I knew it was 5.57 and I was like, well, I guess show's over hey coach tony though like pinch hit home run last week i mean great we picked on wednesday yeah that's like the wildest thing i was like well i just hope the games that we pick actually get played in 2020 you know that's you pick a game and then it's like oh we're gonna move it out like steelers ravens we never made it to the nfl segment Mm because we normally don't but uh it was on there we would have we could have still picked it you could have still picked that game could have yeah. But, uh, Troy, I hope you had a, had a great holiday. I had a fantastic holiday. Yeah. Small, obviously different. Usually I go home for the weekend and do the thing with the family and all that stuff. Couldn't do that this year, obviously. Well, part of that because they moved to Florida this year. So oh. it's my first year. My family doesn't live in Tennessee. Oh. Um, so uh, a little bit different, but gathered with a few friends, ate the same Thanksgiving <laughs> meal, enjoyed it very much, and um, – yeah, it was nice. Different, but nice. I had somebody, like, of course, and everything is, like, now scheduled, Facebook or yeah. Zoom or something. But I had I had a friend that, that sent out a Friendsgiving. Hmm. You heard of that? Yeah. It was, like, just gathering with friends, which is what you did. Essentially what I, I did, just, yeah. I don't know if it had a title, but. Usually um, Friendsgiving doesn't happen on Thanksgiving, though. Oh. It's usually on a different day because Thanksgiving is usually reserved for family. Oh. Friendsgiving usually happens on a different day. See, even see Troy's bringing the knowledge. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but what about the, the this last weekend? Didn't have a chance to talk to you before, yeah. but uh, arguably uh, semifinal action, TSSAA, mm-hmm. uh, as big as it gets, Blunt County well represented with Alcoa and Maryville in, in tow. Always. Uh, again, Alcoa goes to Red Bank and, uh, and Maryville uh, traveled to Oakland, went to Murfreesboro. My first trip to Oakland. Yeah. Uh, not a good one. But uh, I'll tell you, Alcoa, uh, in, in just normal Alcoa fashion, uh, Red Bank, the Lions, I'll be quite honest with you. Again, Chattanooga schools I'm not very familiar with. Yeah. yeah I, was, uh, I was 33 years old before I knew they were the Lions. I only knew them as Red Bank. I knew, uh, I knew Coach uh, – uh, oh, why is his name escaping me right now? Kenny Cobble. Kenny oh. Cobble came from Red Bank when he went to Jefferson yeah. County, and then he went to Jefferson County to Maryville. Uh, I knew that. And really beyond that, no idea. Yeah, I don't know much about Red Bank either. I, I do know this. I know I, they I, lost Alcoa. By a lot. Um, I I always say this. Like, people who make mascots for schools, can we please get more creative? Like, one, there's not a single lion in the state of Tennessee that isn't in a zoo. Why are you naming your school in Tennessee the Lions? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I mean, 
Clinton, they're the dragons. So I mean, I'm cool with that. It's at least unique, and right. it, it's and it's very possible, or, or at least somewhat possible, that there was a dragon that once <laughs> flew over the state of Tennessee once. I was like, I was like, in, in video games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, I I agree, I agree. But I feel like um, I feel like we're about to we're about to turn a corner in our in our society. We're just going to turn it. Every everybody's going to be the football team. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't either. I don't like that. But I mean, it's it's the trend we're headed toward. But they even have the Detroit Lions logo. I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. I mean, it, Detroit that's about also the, doesn't have lions. Yeah, at the zoo. At the zoo. I mean, what else were you going to call it? Like, because the Ford family owned, uh, like the Ford Field, the whole deal in mm-hmm. Detroit. I mean, they could have been like the the, the Tauruses, the trucks, the trucks. That's awesome. Yeah, the pickup Detroit trucks. trucks. Yeah, that would be a great name. I'm not opposed. Like the hot rods. I mean, the XFL. That's where. That's who. That's who they should benchmark now. It's not that hard to be creative. Like it's really not. Mm. Maybe I say that because I have to be creative every day writing stories. So maybe right. just for me, it's not. But I promise you, it's not that hard to be creative. Like I just feel like a lot of teams. They just like. Uh, what do we want to call ourselves? All right, we'll put bulldogs, lions, tigers, and bears up on the thing, and we'll just throw a dart, and whatever one, whichever one you pop is the one you are now. Yeah, or eagles. Like I feel oh, like there are a ton of or eagles. patriots. Pa- there's a ton of patriots around here. I mean, there's just in like off the top of my head. I know there's uh, Sullivan East, mm-hmm. uh, Oakland, yeah. Jefferson County, and oh, there's a no- Union County's the patriots. I can think of just several, just in this area. Patriot doesn't really bother me because you can be a patriot at any point. I do think it should be more reserved for the cities that fought in the American Revolution because, like, you didn't do that in Tennessee, really. Um, but I, that one doesn't bother me as much as places who name their teams after animals that don't exist in the wild. In- uh, yeah, I like. I think patriot is is probably more of a more of a universal mm-hmm. one that that is good everywhere uh, than what you're saying. Yeah. You know, like. Um, like Sevier County is the Smoky Bears. Smoky Mountains, bears are in the Smoky Mountains. That's a great mascot. Yeah. Well done, Sevier County High School. Mm-hmm. A lot of high schools in this area, not so good. Really bad. I think Heritage does a great job. Mountaineers, great. Sweet. Love it. Uh, the governor, William Blunt governors, it, William Blunt kind of made that happen. I'm so okay with uh, that. I think Blunt County's got it on lock. I mean, uh, Every time Alcoa goes somewhere, they they wreck the place. So uh, that's they're the true. Tornado, well, when was the last so. time Alcoa had a tornado? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. I don't, I'm not going to say anything because I think Alcoa's nickname is cool and it's at least unique. But I'm just wanted. I wanted to ask that. And question. it matches the it, it it matches like I said the results of the opposing team most times. So yeah, and I mean if it and this is the thing, like I'm young, so if there has been like a, a massive. Yeah, I just want everybody to know this was not on the docket no, it wasn't. before we hit the air. It wasn't. We didn't talk about this at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but what now? It, I don't know if there was some massive, uh, like, city altering tornado. tornado. Of yeah, I don't know about. It. I'm young, so if anybody knows about that, please let me know, and I'll have some information that I don't have already. Actually, it, I would be interested for a call in if anybody calls in to tell us where. And again, I need some vetting, but uh, anybody that can tell me where Alcoa nickname come from get a free grind t-shirt mm-hmm. i got all sizes i'll give you a sticker and a magnet they're the I'll only one i don't know the history of the swag pack i'll give you i'll give you it all i, I got a good feeling if a couple people's listening uh, they're about to get them a t-shirt but uh 865-983-4310 is the mm-hmm. number again 865-983-4310 but uh let's actually so talk about football now. mascots okay <laughs> moving right along but 
They go to Red Bank. They yeah. take down the Lions. Just a just a massive score. Moving clock, second half. Da 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 da. Alcoa is Alcoa, <laughs> and they are going to Cookville. They get an opportunity to see a team they didn't see a year ago. Everybody, and I, including myself, expected Pearl Cone to be their 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 counterpart here. Uh, Milan actually knocks off Pearl Cone. Really, kind of a close closer matchup. Uh, but is does it make a difference? Gary Rankins uh, gets his. I think what was it two hundredth. Win at Alcoa there Friday night? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't know about that. He, it sounds Heath about, Uncle sounds about right. Let me that look, does sound about right. Let me look up old Two Hype Sports because they shared that, uh, that that he hit a milestone. Let me get that accurate. It but, was clearly uh, in 452. I know that for sure. But, uh, but you know, does it matter? Does it, it matter, matter that uh, that uh, it's Pearl or that it's Milan and not Pearl Cone? Is Alcoa in the 3A classification, and I know this is real brash to say, and again, we're a Blunt County station and we mm-hmm. support those, but are they are they just too good? Like, is there a team in Tennessee that can beat them uh, in 3A? In 3A? No, not a chance. I, I've, I've said this for a very long time. I think Alcoa is the third best team in the state. I think the two best teams in the state played each other in the semifinal that we'll talk about later. Um, and really, I think you could really get a toss-up between Alcoa and Maryville. That game was so close in October. Um you make a few less mistakes in your midfield there in October, and I think maybe that get score flips. But um, I think they're definitely one of the three best teams. I think Oakland's one, and then you pick pick and choose between Maryville and Alcoa for two and three. Uh, so I think if they were in 6A right now, I think you would have seen them play Maryville in the quarterfinal, which is a, it's a stupid thing. But they would have been one of the three best. They're, they're one of the three best teams in the state. And I don't think it matters who you play. I, I will say this. This is a horrible matchup for Milan, which I'm pretty sure I'm proud of you for being able to say that correctly. Did you hear Tony last week? He they called it Milan. It's not right. He said he said that's an Italian town, and he said I'm gonna stick with it. And I was like, okay, you go, you do you. You know the only reason I know that you, you didn't listen to last week's show either. Wasn't you here? were busy. I was you busy. You were busy. Uh, uh, you remember Jeff Smith? Jeff Smith that played at Tennessee. You wouldn't. It was before I was, was it born. The New York before Jets he... receiver right now. No, Jeff no, Smith? I'm talking like Louisville. No. <laughs> No, this is a Why long do I know time that? ago. I don't know. It's those Miami fans. Yeah. But uh, no, it's uh, Jeff Smith played from uh, at Tennessee, mm-hmm. and John Ward like that was that, that's a line like again in those those videos of John Ward greatness. He said from Milan, Tennessee, Jeff Smith. Interesting. And, and so I always just I never knew anything about Milan. Still don't know very much other than Jeff Smith went there, but. Uh, I know they're about to play the tornadoes there Friday at noon. Yeah, and, uh, and noon Eastern and, time, eleven and, Central. Yeah, exactly. And and they're probably gonna gonna reach the same fate that uh, the last five straight yep. uh, state championships have seen, yep. and the last uh, I think this is their eighth straight appearance in mm-hmm. the in the championship eighth game. Straight. So uh, uh, probably a relative home game in 2020 though. Uh, anything can happen mm-hmm. uh, again. I think Alcoa and Maryville to a certain extent. Uh, when you want to talk about people bringing it home and, and keeping a level of normalcy, uh, both these teams did a lot of normal yeah. things in, in a very abnormal uh, season. But but wish the best for Alcoa again moving forward. Tomorrow night, just kind of a little shameless plug, tomorrow night at Windy City Grill has been a, a really good sponsor uh, for Alcoa football this season with Torna- or Trevor's Tornado Trivia 
It's hard to say when you, you don't have it written in front of you. But uh, they've sponsored really well, and we're going to go to their place, and we're going to kind of preview the state championship. Uh, he's given me the opportunity to come in, share uh, just kind of a recap of what was a great season for Maryville and, and really uh, what the upside of, of, of a really young and, and, and really bright Maryville football team that that's looking ahead to 2021 but uh but again wish them the best against Milan and and since I'm not going to see you before this thing kicks off I mean how bad could it get like I, I think moving clock in the second <laughs> half I think and I thought I don't think Milan yeah. scores here's the thing here's the one thing I do know about Milan is they are a run first football team I think they've thrown the ball something like 120 times this year they've played 12, 13 games, so not they're averaging about 10 passes a game. So they're going to run the ball down your throat, which is great, and that works in West Tennessee, and it got them to this point, their first state championship appearance since 2012. Can be, congratulations. Like, that is that – it's not easy to get to this point. Unfortunately, when you're in 3A, when you get to this point, 99% of the time you have to play Alcoa, and Alcoa's defense, which is allowing – hear this, Wayne – 48 rushing yards per game this season. There have been two teams who have rushed for more than 100 yards – on Alcoa this year. One, Milan averages more than 200 rushing yards per game. There have been two teams who have rushed for 100 on Alcoa this year. Both are Class 6A opponents, mm. Maryville and Dobbins-Bennett. Right. The only team that has come, the only two teams that have come close to 100 yards uh, against Alcoa were Gatlinburg-Pittman and Northview Academy. They rushed for 91. And I would, I would argue if you took away fourth quarter rushing. Probably below 50. Yeah, I guarantee it. So here's the thing. 91 yards is not going to be enough to beat Alcoa. I wouldn't and think so. And I'm going to take Alcoa's defense full of Power 5 and D1 guys over whatever Milan's doing in their running game. So I'd say so. I'm going to say Alcoa wins by about 30-something. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say the only thing that stops Alcoa is Alcoa. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I'm going to go big on that one as well. And, and honestly, I make the joke, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Uh, I'm like, I just wonder if anybody in 3A thinks they even make a goal ball anymore. Like everybody goes there, takes home the silver one. Goes there, takes home the well, silver they watch, one. They watch Alcoa take the gold ball home. Yeah, they may close their eyes after the after so long. But no, looked up two hype sports by the way. Gary Rankin going for his two hundred and first victory there in the state championship games in Cookville. That semifinal victory, his two hundredth at Alcoa. Hmm. That's a that's a good record uh, considering the years. Uh, it's probably like an average of about uh, fourteen and a half a year. Yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty pretty amazing for for Coach Rankins. But on the flip side of the card, the semifinal matchup uh, that was Oakland and Maryville. Uh, again, the Red Rebels victorious a year ago at home at uh, Skeeter Shield Stadium, uh, twelve to nothing, and uh, Oakland looking to avenge that again pregame their home stadium. The the last time we were there, uh, a kind of a grass field, uh, kind of a standard jumbotron and. And, and really a, a, a metal bleachers, the, the standard high school. They've done, they've done some work uh, since the last time we were there. They had the turf field. Thank uh, goodness. Had the jump man above the, the jumbotron. Is that like, is that too much? Nah, cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and the turf field is necessary because two years ago it rained as all get out. It was muddy. Like I almost slipped multiple times walking just down the sideline. Like that's not good. Nobody wants that. Get turf. It, it, it wasn't even that they had a grass field because there are plenty of grass fields that can be well-maintained and handle rain and all that. They had the worst grass field I've ever been on. Just it pitted. Was, it was like like a cow pasture, which is bad. 
especially when you're like a mile outside of yeah. like away from Middle Tennessee. I, mean, I feel like you you have well resources to get it done. But uh, but then the, the the game kicked off. They were in their home Reds. Rebels in the Stormtroopers took whites. the whites out Looked there, which. Good. They're clean. Yeah. They're just nice. But uh, this is my favorite Maryville jersey, by the way. The, the ones whites, the, the whites, and the all blacks that they've worn this year, like th- their template for their jerseys this oh, year. Oh, the with stripes. My, f- yeah. my favorite Maryville jersey this year. I would agree. I I, I thought uh, a, a good alternate. I call them the salt and peppers when they wore the gray pants with the white jerseys. Hmm. I like those. Those weren't bad. Uh, but uh, they they had a lot of good combinations this year. Yeah. Wore the a red. lot of different ones. But uh, as they uh, as they rocked out. Uh, Oakland, uh, Maryville actually defers to the second half, gives Oakland's offense the football first. And I, I thought, honestly, that's what you want to see. You want to see what Oakland's going to give you right out of the gate. And one, you want them to have that first offensive possession because they knew against Maryville, or at least what we had seen up to that point, teams that wanted to battle Maryville, ball control was was number one. So I think mm-hmm. for Maryville, you wanted that because you wanted to see what they were going to do and then be able to adjust on uh, on on the fly. So again, felt good about your offense. But Oakland gets the football, and just between Jordan James, that the running back that's got Tennessee Alabama offers, uh, he just he just manhandled a lot of different things, pushed it down the field, and uh, and honestly, Oakland was a team on a mission. Uh, they were at home. Yeah, they had momentum, and uh, ultimately, you talk about Milan only throwing it something hundred and sometimes. Going into that game, they had thrown it 71 times. Yeah. I mean, it was a uh, we're going to run it and we're going to see if you can stop it situation. And uh, and, and you know what? They had a great night. Uh, Maryville came in with a good game plan, I thought, uh, and was able to to penetrate. The problem was is uh, he was already beyond the line of scrimmage a lot of those situations, moving the chains, eating up a lot of clock, and ultimately uh, scoring when they need to score. Yeah, I mean, you look at how that game started. Obviously, Oakland takes the ball, and I think they go 10 plays, something like that, score with relative ease on that opening drive. And you're kind of hoping, you, you kind of look and you're like, okay, Maryville kind of needs an answer here. They go three and out. Oakland gets the ball back. Uh, Mar- Maryville gets an enormous stop there on that fourth and one inside the 10. And I was like, okay. That's got- why Maryville, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I'm not a 100% sure Maryville wouldn't stop like the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. right now. It was like, okay, we got a ball game here. And then Maryville gets a first down, gets called back on a a, a false uh, – not enough men on the line of scrimmage. They have to punt. It's a bad punt. Is that, is that the, the little razzle-dazzle play it was car, it was direct to, snap to Parker? No, it was to, it was a swing to Noah. Oh, okay. It was a swing to Noah, and it gets called Cause back. Because I have a really big comment about the one the, that was, he was so stopped. He was set. Like, that mm-hmm. was a clean play. But anyway. So there's a swing to Noah. They get <laughs> it called back, and then it was a bad punt. You set Oakland up at the 27. They score 14. Well, Anybody but Markell does that's a safety. Yeah. Because I mean a very he, high snap. He used every bit of six yeah. four and the arms. Yeah, yeah. To, just to get that off, honestly, I felt was victor was a yeah. victory. But you force even in that, you know, they get down there and score in two plays. Uh but I you know, I I still wasn't discouraged at that point. Mm-hmm. I had seen this before. Yeah. Uh and I, and I thought and I I thought Bradley um, Central. Yeah, I thought uh, uh, that they did a lot of good things in adjusting. Yeah, I just thought it was a chess match that Oakland, with the pieces they had, uh, they 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 were playing chess in some situations. That game wasn't as lopsided as the score looked because yes, they fall down twenty-one oh, nothing yeah. and don't have anything offensively. And you're like, oh, you're about to get run out of town here. And then really from that point on, once they're down twenty-one nothing, Maryville's offense moved the ball into the red zone just about every offensive possession. 
Carson takes maybe an ill-advised sack at the end of the first half, mm. and if they score there, it's 21-7. You get the ball back to start the second half. They On that drive that they started the second half with, they get all the way inside the 20, and then they get stopped on fourth and one. Yeah. You score on both of those possessions, and it's 21-14, and now you got a football game, and Maryville's offense is kind of clicking now. Um, I think they got inside the 30 of Oakland four times and didn't score on any of those chances. Right. So I don't think that it, it was a 49-7 game, but it didn't necessarily feel like a 49-7 game. It felt no. like Maryville had a chance to make it a ball game, and then once Carson got hurt, I mean, that was it. Yeah, and and, and again, uh, give, give Dunsford, give DJ Burks, he ran a lot of Wildcat in there in the second half. Give them a lot of credit because you talk about a, a blood in the water, you talk about a, a defense getting after it. Uh, once Carson went down, they were getting upfield and, and getting there in a hurry. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, you know, I – and again, I'm I'm pretty biased in this in this explanation, but uh, 21 nothing at halftime. Jude and I were very clear in the fact that this this game's far from over, but they can't score mm-hmm. in the second half. You've got to keep them at 21. Knew that was going to be a tall task. Ended up not not coming through with it. But I'll tell you, battle till the end. No chippy. You didn't see Maryville no. getting getting Handled frustrated and getting after it. Yeah, they they and I, and I even messaged Coach uh, Coach Hunt Sunday. And I said, you, you know, you got you got to be proud of these guys. Uh, they they won in class and and even in defeat. Yeah. Uh, I said they were they were top notch. And and you know what? There's a lot of juniors on this team. There's a lot of sophomores on this team. And, and there's a lot of untapped talent. I mean, you talk about Markel Fortenberry, a guy that's a. When you look at him getting off the buzz, I mean, you're like, how many D1 teams are going to call him? Like, how many extra phone lines does he need? But. I feel like in, in the way the offense moved and the way things went, he's still un, untapped resource. Yeah. I think you've got some graduating pieces on defense like Lou Birchfield and such uh, that's going to be hard to to recover from. Yeah, I don't know if you can replace Lou, but you all oh absolutely. I mean, it's a heart and soul situation. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we were here a year ago. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, we were we were questioning: Can you replace a uh, a K Chambers? You know, can you replace, you know, insert name here, the 17 starters that were replaced from a year ago. But um, all of those pieces, I don't want to say were replaced or the shoes were full, but you talk about a Maryville team that made it to the semis. And and for all extensive purposes, if you look at the spread, when people were picking this game a week ago, they didn't go, oh, what's nice that Maryville made it here. Oakland's going to win. No, mm-hmm. it was like 27-24. Like a lot of people yeah. were picking a very close game. So, again, I went with the Rebels last week, and if we played again this week, I'd go with them again. Uh, but I, I do think that's a uh, that's the class of Tennessee football right there, Oakland versus Maryville. It will be for, for years to come. As long as Creasy's at Oakland and Coach Hunt is uh, is sitting at Maryville and Maryville's got that mentality, yeah. it's going to be a great matchup. I talked to DJ after that game Friday, and I think – Anybody who knows anything about Maryville football say he's the unquestioned leader next year is DJ Burks. Um, And I asked him, you know, what do you remember most about two years ago? And he said, well, I just remember, you know, it was my spring before my sophomore year. And whenever we worked out, all you ever heard the guys say was 38-0, 38-0, which is what the score Oakland beat them the last time Maryville went to Murfreesboro. I think that's going to be a very similar thing this time around. I I think these guys are motivated by it. You said it. I mean, think they bring back most of their major pieces. I mean, Lou, to me, is the one you – think the most of when you lose that guy but other than that and and Parker but I mean I think Noah's more than capable of doing what Parker did this year well and and I think you you look at uh as some of those up and coming running Mm -hmm. backs like uh uh what's his name Peyton McCord 
Pay McCord. Pay McCord. Like there, there's pieces that's coming in as freshman, sophomore <laughs> that can be that lightning. You know what I'm saying? Because Parker was the unquestionable thunder. Yep. And now I think Noah, with with more physicality, with w- what he can do in the swing game, uh, you you need somebody that can come in there and bruise a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think they've got pieces that can do that. So is it? I'll have to look his name up. It's McCord is the last name. His name. Maybe Jaden McCord. But uh, nonetheless, I, there's there's some pieces that you saw late in games. And, again, that's the great thing about Maryville. That's the great thing about what we're doing here uh, in Blount County is young players see the field and then you watch them evolve mm-hmm. uh, as they move forward in the program. So uh, as Coach Hunt talked about this year, Thomas Fry, Travis Reeder, those yep. guys, they weren't, they weren't all-stars a year ago. They're mm-hmm. Maryville boys that waited on their chance got an opportunity and took them to their 21st straight uh, semifinal appearance. So it, it'll happen again. Uh, Maryville has a expectation and a mentality uh, that get them uh, get them to that point. So, again, credit to Coach Hunt, coaching staff, uh, for getting every ounce of, of, of effort out of, of, of this team. But ultimately, hats off to Oakland as uh, that's a dominant football team. That, uh, that deserves an opportunity to go play for a state yeah. championship. And, and quite frankly, we talked about it off air, the only team that's going to stop Oakland is Oakland. Yeah, Brentwood's the the state. Brentwood's played them once, couldn't score. 37 to nothing was the defeat there. And, uh, and I don't see it being much different uh, Saturday, 7 o'clock Central. Yeah, they're the best team in the state. And, and probably one of, and we had this conversation off air as well, and, and, and now that you say it, they're, to me, maybe the best high school team I've ever seen. The one exception being last year's Maryville team. I would love to see those two play. Oh yeah, I mean, and and again, you talk about all times. They they're just click. They're they're good when you got to be good. Mm-hmm. They're old where you need to be old. Their quarterback is very smart. Who's that sound like? Maryville. Last year's Maryville team. Mm-hmm. And again, Coach Creasy talks all the time about how he built this team to mimic Maryville. Well, they got an opportunity, but. Uh, Hats off, and again, great seasons all the way around. But uh, let's take a break, listen to these fine sponsors. When we flip the script, we're going to go Big Orange Football Talk. Jeremy Pruitt and Harrison Bailey. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Join us this Thursday night at 7 p.m. for a live remote broadcast from the Windy City Grill on Highway 411 right here in Maryville, Tennessee. A preview of Alcoa's state championship matchup with Milan and a look back at another successful campaign for the Maryville Red Rebels. The Windy City Grill is where all the fun's going to be as Heath Dunkel, Wayne Kaiser, and Marty Millsaps will talk about the 2020 season. They'll be taking a look ahead at the Friday game as Alcoa takes on Milan for a possible fifth straight state championship and their 19th overall. Remember, it's this Thursday night at 7 p.m. live from the Windy City Grill on Highway 411 here in Maryville, Tennessee. And you'll hear it right here on WKVL 100.9 FM 
and streaming at WKVLradio.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A message from State Representative Bob Ramsey. Thank you, Blunt County, for your votes that are allowing me to serve as your state representative to the Tennessee General Assembly. I'm looking forward to hearing from you as we continue to advocate legislation making Blunt County a better place for our families. Hi, I'm Bob Ramsey. I thank you and appreciate your support as we continue to move Blunt County forward. Paid for by the committee to elect Bob Ramsey State Representative, Bob Ramsey Treasurer. I'm Bob Ramsey and I approve this message. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports.
welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Troy Provo Heron as we grind it out here on a Wednesday edition. Troy, it is halfway of this show, and, and we, I mean, I feel like we just got started. The show zooms by. I think it was the Lions talk that, that really kind of kicked us <laughs> off the, the track. But, uh, but Troy, again, thanks for coming in. Uh, again, always want to want to uh, honor your time and appreciate it because uh, you're a busy man, sports editor at the Daily Times, and, uh, and and a lot of things going on with the Daily Times. Anything, anything big hot topics going on over there? Not really. This has been a real easy week. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've enjoyed you think it's this because week last so week much. was so busy? Yeah, it is. I mean, when you think about it, right? I mean, Tennessee hasn't played a, hasn't played a home football game in six weeks. Uh, basketball season pushed back two weeks. Uh, high school football, Maryville loses. Only Alcoa is here. Basketball is kind of who's playing, who's not. We, to, right. we schedule a high school football, uh, high school basketball game every day. It seems like somebody mm-hmm. in AD called me and said, "Hey, we're not playing that one." Okay, so. This week, and we have basketball games on Monday and Friday, and I'm out of town Friday, so I worked Monday, and now I'm just like, well, what do I do here? And, and so he comes in here. Yeah, no. it's weird. It like it, it is. I I've, I haven't had this type of break in months since the summer. So it, like for me, I'm like I literally like I wake up every morning and I'm like, what do I do? I, I don't remember what it's like to like not like wake up and go to work. Like if if you're like me right now, you're going Troy. I envy you. <laughs> it's only three it's days. It's Christmas season. It's yeah. Christmas season. You know, you've been wrapping like decorations. You, you've been doing put any the, of that? Put the tree up yesterday. Yeah. Put the tree up yesterday. Good times. Good times. I've got uh, two little boys, a six and an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. My tree has like a thousand ornaments up about four feet high and then like seven from there on up. It's it's the coolest looking tree. But I'm like, hey, they did it. They love it. We're rolling. That's all that matters. It. We're rolling with it. That's all that matters. we got a rotating one, too. It's anchored. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. Well, the good thing is, yeah, I told my wife, I said, at least if the tree falls over, they're close to the ground. They, mm-hmm. they won't break. But uh, she didn't think that was funny. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, talk about, since we talked last, Derek Mason uh, has lost oh. his, his job. I, I, Carson and I talked in, at length Monday and Tuesday about it. If you have some, some hot takes on it, I don't know that that was a good decision. I think you have to make it mm-hmm. because he, he's not winning football games. But uh, – I'll be honest, I don't know, and maybe they know something I don't. I don't know that you get a guy character-wise that is as good as Derek Mason and and maybe a guy who wanted to be at Vandy more than Derek Mason. Yeah. But, uh, again, that dynamic is there. South Carolina's open. Uh, looks like Southern Miss, I think, hired their guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I didn't really read much on that. But yeah. uh, coaching jobs are coming open. Uh, names that are that are getting hotter by the minute. Uh, Jim Harbaugh again, as they're they're pausing He's play right now. Uh, I think anything this side of uh, of playing and beating Ohio State, uh, he's gone. Yep. Uh, Tom Herman's seat is hot at Texas, which that one I understand because it hasn't ascended as quick as you wanted. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like things have gotten right as Tom's been there. So that one, that one, I don't want to say that uh, the expectations aren't there, but. Uh, that one's tough because you have a Heisman. You like a, you have a, a quarterback who should be a Heisman candidate every year in Sam Ellinger. Like mm. he's exceptionally good, um, and they've done such a good job at recruiting. Texas has done 
Is that another? Texas has done really good for itself, except for the fact that they aren't winning football games at the level that they should. It seems a lot like Tennessee if Tennessee were a level better than what they are right now. So so I just want to make this parallel. And Jim Harbaugh's the asterisk, but I think with the, the Walmart Dickies and, and his whole persona, he's an asterisk in a lot of ways. Yeah. But uh, what, do, what, is, uh, what does Derek Mason, Will Muschamp, Tom Herman, Jeremy Pruitt – have in common, and I'm just going to stop there. There's probably other ones that are struggling, but what do all of those have in common? That's a very good question. Do you have an answer? Mm. Defensive coaches. Yeah. Defensive-minded coaches. Will Muschamp, this is this is the second mm-hmm. take of him getting fired. Uh, and, and I don't know, I don't have an answer or a reason why that is, but, you know, the, the talk has been, you know, and even Jeremy Pruitt's had to answer questions in press conferences you know what? What is the the game is changing? You know, mm-hmm. Nick Saban used to say a good defense can beat a good offense, but in 2020 or maybe even probably 2018 on, basically, I would say Tebow started it, Manziel exploded it, mm-hmm. and uh, and and then the guys of today are really just living in it. Offense is winning right now, yeah. And uh, defensive coaches are struggling. I mean, you you look at it, Gary Patterson, TCU, not very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I posed the question, and and I've been thinking since I posed it pre pre show. Other than Nick Saban, and you mm-hmm. made a really good point. Uh, other than Nick Saban, name a defensive minded coach that's successful right now. Uh, and, and again, I'm not. I didn't. I didn't archive this and look back. I'm just mm-hmm. off the top. Yeah. Can you name a defensive coach that's good? No, not off the top of my head. And I think it is. It is because it's not. And what I said when you brought up Nick Saban was, I think Nick Saban's an offensive coach now. Well, he, I don't know that he's sided now. Yeah, he's been a head coach he's so a long. Head coach. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Alabama more for its offense than its defense now, which wasn't the case five I, years ago. I just think the defense still makes him more mad. It's yeah. not that he doesn't get frustrated yeah. with everything. But the game is quarterbacks. The game is open, you know playmakers in the open field. And I don't. Do you play fantasy football? Mm-hmm. You remember, like I was nodding. I don't know why yeah. I did that on the radio. I was like, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Five years ago, you know how like you used to like sit and like look up matchups of like defenses you were playing, and it's like, oh man, they're like doing this against good quarter. Or, like, they're doing this against quarterbacks and yada yada. I have Patrick Mahomes in fantasy. Mm. I don't worry about my quarterback position at all. No. I'm just like, oh, Mahomes is playing. Like he doesn't have COVID. Okay, Mahomes is starting, and like it doesn't matter if they're playing the number one defense or the number thirty-two defense. I expect thirty points from Patrick Mahomes. Well, and and on the flip side of things, other than maybe the Steelers defense, I'm trying to think of a defense a that I really de- care no. to have because they're all going to give up points. Oh. There's not going to be those shutouts. Every now and again, you'll have a a Bears, a Ravens, or somebody mm-hmm. that really dominates. But week in and week out dominance only comes from Minka Fitzpatrick and company, really. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's an offensive driven thing. And I, and I just sit it's here football. and think I'm like Dabo Swinney. Granted, it, he is offensive by trade, but it really wide receiver coach shot to to head yep. coach. Uh, you, you talk about Urban Meyer, offensive guy. Ryan you, Day, you talk offensive about guy. yeah, Jimbo Fisher, offensive guy. Uh, a lot of um, the West Coast guys, uh, Marco Cristobal or mm-hmm. Mario Cristobal, he's an offensive guy, yeah. offensive line actually, which I, I can appreciate. But uh, it's it's a dynamic that I think is a glaring spot right now, and I'm I'm not using it to transition to anything, but I think it is worth noting, and it's a good. What do you want out of your yeah. program? What are you interested in? And and I don't know if these guys need to look at each other in the mirror or what, but. Uh, this coaching carousel is, I'm mm-hmm. afraid, 
it is weird in 2020, but I think it's about to get crazy if, yeah. a, if a couple shoes drop. Well, and for me, like the old saying goes, and this is going to sound like a smart buck comment, but the old saying is, well, you need defense to win championships. And well, now it's just who can score the most points wins championships. Oh, yeah. And I. I oh, another defensive guy that's struggling this year, Ed Orgeron. Yeah. And, and I look at, I think this is a, a very good comparison here because I think we all talk about Jeremy Pruitt and what or what not he inherited when he came to Tennessee following after Butch. Well, look at what Lane Kiffin inherited from Ole Miss. Like, oh. I mean, you look at Lane Kiffin. And like yes, uh, God, what's the name before guy before Lane Kiffin? Uh, Matt Luke. Matt Luke fixed it a little bit, but I mean they weren't completely out of the woods in terms of what Hugh Freeze did to that program, right? No, Ole Miss he, is, he literally kept on floating. Yeah. Ole Miss is a better team than Tennessee right now, and they're a much more exciting team than Tennessee is right now. And they're maybe from a star rankings, if you ask the uh, recruiting the, those experts, that know, they're not as talented as Tennessee. No. And I mean, so I think it's just an offensive thing. Like, offense wins football games now. That's just the way it is. Ole Miss literally had a guy who cost him a penalty that cost them a ball game that acted like he was peeing on a logo. Mm-hmm. That's what is better at this yeah. point. And, and so, yeah, I think when you look at uh, guys who came, came in and had some instant success, I mean, you look at uh, – and, and I don't want to give the, the Drinkwitz at, at Missouri so much credit because, again, he's been a byproduct of some good scheduling mm-hmm. and then playing uh, – you know, he, he he lost early. So some of that's in the distance for him. But Sam Pittman, he's an offensive line coach. He knows how to get out of the way. Yeah, He knows how to let his coaches coach. Uh, you talk about uh, uh, Lane Kiffin. Mm-hmm. The, the only asterisk, of course, is Mike Leach. But if you look historically – at Mike Leach, when he took over at Texas Tech, gonna get it going eventually. Well, it, he's just he's like building a house. Mm-hmm. You got dig footers. You got to go a little deeper before he can build you up. And, and even now, they're playing that freshman quarterback, and they look like a better offense right well, it's now. It's his guy. Did. Yeah, it's his guy. So, uh, offense is making making headways. Uh, they're they're definitely the more traditionally uh, consistently good. I mean, even Will Muschamp at South Carolina, he put together some games like against Georgia, mm-hmm. I think last year or two years ago, uh, against uh, Florida one year. Yep. Uh, that that's a that's a complete game. He did what he needed to do. Tennessee with Jeremy Pruitt, Auburn a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, the way they battled late in the season a year ago, it's consistently there. But is it what you're wanting to see? Yeah. TCU fans have have come to know it. It's Gary Patterson. About every four or five years, you're going to have a good class. Yeah. It's just what do you want out of your program? I I think for me, and defensive coordinators, if you're listening, defensive coaches, if you're listening, cover your ears. I think if you hire a defensive coach nowadays, it's a bad hire. Holistically. Holistically. Like uh, Brent Venables on down. Yeah. I, I I don't think that you can get as, I don't think you can get as much out of your program with a defensive-minded coach as you can with an offensive-minded coach. I think the ceiling for an offensive-minded coach who's willing to say, you know what, our goal is to score 40 points a game is much, much higher than the defensive coach who says, we want to be a hard-nosed defensive team that slows teams down. Because in today's football, with pass interference rules, you can't touch people, you can't hit a quarterback, that type of style just isn't beneficial to teams anymore. Mm -hmm. It almost hurts you more than it helps you. And so I think if you hire that type of guy, which I I think Jeremy Pruitt is, I think it sets you back a little bit because I think – and I don't think you could have imagined how f- – like I think when Jeremy Pruitt was hired three years ago, offense was just starting this trend, and it's kind of at a breakneck pace now to where I think yeah. – But I think he can get right. I think he can get right. I think ultimately – 
and this is just this is armchair fan perspective mm-hmm. right here. I think defensive coaches believe because obviously being a good defensive coordinator has gotten them a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. They believe their defense is good enough to limit a team to where their offense doesn't have to score. So why why take risk on offense? Why why look to throw a pick? Why 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 throw a splash play that's going to give up a down yeah. when you can just run the football? and hope to get in field goal range, hope to score, break one out. And as long as your defense holds them down to like 10 or 14 points, you win a lot of ball games. But who holds people to 10 or 14 anymore? Exactly. Nobody. Exactly. But I think the mindset is, and again, Jeremy Pruitt, and, and, and this is not where we wanted to get to, but I think it's Tennessee fans want to know this side of it. And this is just, I don't know if you want to call it justification, mm-hmm. uh, rectification, I don't know, but uh, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, I think Jeremy Pruitt is 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 honestly having a uh, a huge wake up call right now because he's used to having. I mean, look at every stop he's ever been at. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, he's been the DC. So again, half is all he's looking at at that rate, and uh, he's been able to practice against guys like Jameis Winston. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember who the quarterback. If it was uh, uh, the Georgia quarterback. When he was at Georgia, I, he was just there one year. Was it but Aaron Murray, it was either Aaron Murray or the the first year of the uh, that kind of d- dictated oh, Jake Fromm, Jake Fromm or uh, Eason. It could have been that yeah. that dynamic. But he's practiced against those guys. So again, he's been able to iron sharp and iron a little bit. And then when he was at Alabama, I mean, he's practicing against a a perennial yeah. college football playoff. Which, by the way, did you see uh, Alabama has now. Uh, had more weeks in the college football playoff ranking than the other five or six that's listed there combined. Yeah, sounds it's about right. Stupid, but uh, but I think Jeremy Pruitt's been that the he's a, he's a victim of his own success yep. because if he's practiced well against a elite offense, mm-hmm. he's been good on Saturdays, D- and he doesn't have that at Tennessee because he's practicing against Jeremy Pruitt. Or he's practicing against Jared Garantano. He's practicing against Brian Maurer, who you can't hit. He's practicing against Harrison Bailey on a short, short leash. So if you're successful against these guys, that's great. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be very successful on Saturdays. I have two points. The only way it works is if you hire a defensive-minded coach who's, who is hell-bent on saying, you know what, we're going to limit teams to 28 points a game instead of 35. I think that's realistic. <laughs> and if... But that person has to hire a great offensive mind who is actually a great offensive mind and don't even look at his vicinity. Don't interfere in what he wants to do. Yeah. You stare at your defensive side of the ball, let him do his thing on offense. So the only Leave thing, him alone. I, the only time I'm ever going to question you is if you don't score 29. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and my second point is the best coaches in the world adjust to the game. Look at Andy Reid. When he was at the Eagles, they weren't doing all this. They weren't going five wide. You know, uh, I can't even think of uh, – man. Uh, Who are you thinking about? I'm thinking of an Eagles receiver that's not Terrell Owens because he didn't count. I mean, like current? No, no, when Andy Reid was there. Jason Avant. I'm going to say Jason sure. Avant. Sure. Jason Avant – I couldn't think of one Jason either. Avant never had 200 receiving yards in a first quarter when he was with the Eagles. No. Tyreek Hill had 200 receiving yards in the first quarter last Sunday. Yeah, and it's because Andy Reid has adjusted to football. He sees how it's going, and he says, you know what? If I want to win, and I want to win that first Super Bowl like he did last year, I'm going to do with what we need to do to win. Yeah. That's why I think Andy Reid's the best coach in football. 
because the the 2005 Eagles look nothing like the 2020 Kansas City Chiefs. No, absolutely. He's adjusted not. to football. I mean, there was a mobile quarterback on that, but that's pretty much the end of mm-hmm. it. And uh. I think that's where you, my my point on Jeremy Pruitt is: you can be a victim of your own success, but at some point you have to realize that football changes more than you think it does, and so you have to realize where it's going and get ahead of the curve, or you miss the bus. How how? But but in today's college football. I mean, you can't you can't necessarily fire and hire offensive minds on a bye week. So how much time do you give them? Oh, I mean, if you're Tennessee, you're at what your second offensive coordinator in three years, type of thing, and yeah, but that's a that's a that's somewhat of a different scenario uh, in the fact that Jim Chaney comes open, the other guy kind of has his uh, his opportunities yeah. to go other places. But but would you consider and? And maybe orange glasses come on at this point. Would you consider Jim Chaney an elite offensive mind? No, no, no. I don't know. I just I still give a lot a lot of credit to to what he was able to do. I give a lot of credit to, well, partially I give a, some credit to Sam Pittman. I think there's some some merit there. And I look at the players that Jim Chaney's had in his offenses, whether it be Drew Brees when he was at Purdue, whether it be Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley when he was at Georgia, like he's Tyler had. Bray. I know you were thinking of Tyler him. Tyler Bray, yeah. even then. Cordell I mean, Patterson. Cordell Patterson, Justin Hunter. Like Derrick Rogers. Had tremendous talent his entire offensive career. And it's not to say he's not a good offensive coordinator, but do I consider him an elite offensive mind? No. I, I think don't. it's a really good time to take a break. We're going to take a break, come back, and I want to know who is an elite offensive mind. Okay. Talk a little bit about that and talk about some you talk, you we talk about stumbling blocks mm-hmm. being a victim of your own success. What about a victim of attrition? Tennessee loses a uh, a pretty high-notch player on the defensive side uh, to uh, to a bad decision. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to the grind. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Not satisfied with your current pest control service or looking to get that process started? Call Heath Barberry at Common Sense Pest Control, providing outstanding protection of your health and property while delivering exceptional customer service right here in Blount County. Available services include general pest, mosquito, and rodent control, as well as termite protection and much, much more. For personalized service, call Heath Barberry at 865-389-7412 or email info at commonsensepc.com. Again, phone number is 865 865- 389-7412. Also, find them on Facebook at Common Sense Pest Control. And remember, if you want bugs dead, you've got to use common sense. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. 
Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. A message from State Representative Bob Ramsey. Thank you, Blunt County, for your votes that are allowing me to serve as your state representative to the Tennessee General Assembly. I'm looking forward to hearing from you as we continue to advocate legislation making Blunt County a better place for our families. Hi, I'm Bob Ramsey. I thank you and appreciate your support as we continue to move Blunt County forward. Paid for by the committee to elect Bob Ramsey State Representative, Bob Ramsey Treasurer. I'm Bob Ramsey and I approve this message. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Join us this Thursday night at 7 p.m. for a live remote broadcast from the Windy City Grill on Highway 411 right here in Maryville, Tennessee. A preview of Alcoa State Championship matchup with Milan and a look back at another successful campaign for the Maryville Red Rebels. The Windy City Grill is where all the fun's going to be as Heath Dunkel, Wayne Kaiser, and Marty Millsaps will talk about the 2020 season. They'll be taking a look ahead at the Friday game as Alcoa takes on Milan for a possible fifth straight state championship and their 19th overall. Remember, it's this Thursday night at 7 p.m. live from the Windy City Grill on Highway 411 here in Maryville, Tennessee. And you'll hear it right here on WKVL 100.9 FM and streaming at WKVLradio.com. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. We're here finishing out what is known as the fastest hour here in Blunt County, the grind, as we have Troy Provo Heron uh, about to enlighten us yeah. on the uh, the top offensive minds 
in football. So so Jim Chaney, and again, I'm not going to dispute that because I feel like yeah. Jim Chaney and Sam Pittman are an elite offensive unit. Uh, just because I feel like they've been a level of success. Nate Peterman beat Clemson with those two guys. I mean, yeah. I feel like when you do that, that's claim to fame, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but who is your uh, – let's just – do you have three elite guys? Yeah, a few. Mm-hmm. Give me your elite. Give me that list. And I, I'll, uh, I won't necessarily dispute it, but I, I may jab at it a minute. So I have – so I'm going to pull from both college and pro. Okay. I'm okay. going to pull – because I, I, I do think there are – different levels of offensive genius oh absolutely i mean you, you even talk about genius in general mm-hmm. nick saban's not a pro genius yeah but go ahead so i'm gonna say andy reed is one i mentioned him in the last segment i think he's an offensive genius he's a regular season offensive genius I'll he just won a super bowl it was like the it was like only the second time he had well not, they're gonna win it again this year they might win it every year that patrick mahomes is in the league want to put a dollar on it you don't think the Chiefs are going to win? Not every year Patrick Mahomes in the league. But um, Andy, I'll go with it just because you're right. The way he's evolved his his coaching style and, and his personnel, it's huge. And then he understands mm-hmm. to take some risk. I mean, I think some of the personalities he's got on that team could very much wreck the whole deal. I mean, i.e. Le'Veon Bell, those guys. But he's he's been able to manage to this point. So go ahead. My second NFL offensive genius and this is going to be weird because you don't think of the San Francisco 49ers just throwing it all over the field. It's Kyle Shanahan. He's yeah. a run game offensive genius. He knows how to manage it. And honestly, he's just in his position. I mean, heck, their state don't even want him to play in it uh and he's making it happen. So no, I and to be able to turn the switch so mm-hmm. quick when he got the job and and with Jimmy Garoppolo, the other JG uh, he he he. I I don't disagree. Think about how many one thousand yard rushers Kyle Shanahan's had as an offensive coordinator, or as <laughs> right. a, I mean, the Niners have had have played nineteen different running backs this year. It seems like, and it seems like all of them can run for a hundred yards, and that's because of his run game offensive system. I, I think, think I think, a good point. I think he's a run game offensive genius. So what you got in college? We got about two minutes. Lane Kiffin. That's it. Offensive genius. <laughs> and that's so true. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Uh, 20 years ago, and maybe maybe not even 20, eh, probably 20, probably the turn of the century, when really social media, multimedia really got huge. Uh, if you took a mic away from Lane Kiffin and just let him coach on Saturdays and maybe have a presser here and there, mm-hmm. uh, Lane Kiffin is just, he's that dude. Yeah. Now, now he's going to, he's kind of boneheadish sometimes, and maybe I don't think he's necessarily got hooked up with the right defensive coordinator yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's he's that guy away uh, from being a genius. When he was at Alabama, it was, uh, and I hate to say it because some of these performances came against the Vols, but I mean, it was it was art what he yeah. was able to do and how he put people in positions to have to make a decision. And you're fifty fifty at that point, and Lane won more of those than he lost. Mm-hmm. So I don't disagree with that. I'm also going to put Lincoln Riley in that category. I know that Oklahoma is not the same offense they've right. been this year, but look, I mean, he has how many Heisman winners in the X amount of years the past couple of years. Oklahoma's still, offense is really good, and but, I know it's the Big 12. But but I draw the question, and, and again, I'm not – and I think it's because I'm trying to justify our lack hereof. But how good can anybody be with a Kyler Murray? How good is anybody going to be with sure. Baker Mayfield? Now, I will and give – Baker Mayfield was a walk-on. Well, I, well, that's kind of an asterisk. He was a walk-on. Because he went to Texas Tech and kind of got in some bad shape, and then he walked on to Oklahoma. But you're right, you're right. And he did develop Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield wasn't the Kyler Murray one and dunner, the Jalen Hurts one and dunner. Uh, but I just question Lincoln Raleigh. It's just that big moment opportunity because I feel like 
Um, and, and that was kind of my jab at Andy Reid. Not that he's not a gr- good coach. But uh, to me, greatness, elite level, comes when the most is on the line. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, Dabo and Brent Venables, I would call both of those guys elite because they know the buttons to push at the right time. Uh, again, uh, Nick Saban and company, they're elite because they know when to hit the buttons at the right time. Ryan Day, I don't put him there yet. Yeah. Because, again, he's not been there yet. Yeah. But uh, I think all of that is, is good talk. But uh, I do want to say this before we leave. We didn't get a chance to talk about Tennessee, Florida. And uh, I think we all know how it ends. But yeah. I want to say this. No opposing quarterback has ever thrown for six touchdowns in the Neyland Stadium. Cal Trask breaks that this week. I think he we becomes break, the first. I think we break his leg before we let it happen. But we'll see what happens. I, th- I think you're probably right. But, hey, if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care. Be safe. And, yes, grind on.